the counts from actual salvages, and the famed Rass family salvages at that. And so he left the second act he'd been drafting in his desk drawer, and borrowed money from his mother for a sealskin pouch to protect his papers from ocean spray. Under a pseudonym, he'd already written a line of moderate sellers about pirate depredations. But a serial character, a heroic salvager, say, might bring in some real money, and then he wouldn't be beholden to mother any longer. The problem was that the Daughter of the Mist didn't seem to have any heroic salvages. Leovan Rass was dead, and his son sent word at the last minute he would not be accompanying them. That left a fairly typical ship's crew, only two of whom were veteran salvagers, and neither of them was the sort who'd appeal to pamphlet readers. Captain Rendak was a short, broad commoner, though the sun had burned him nearly as brown as a native. He was well-muscled, but going to fat around his belly, and his hairline was receding. He'd be winning no beauty contests, nor would his first mate, a native named Gombe, with ears too large for his shaved head. Worse, no one was ready or willing to chat. They were too busy with ship's duties. All Ivrian learned in four hours sailing southwest was that the crew was searching for the wreck of the Amber Queen, sunk a hundred and fifty years previous with a hull of gold looted from a Calabuto ruin. They dropped anchor a few leagues beyond Eladair Point. Aldera Galanor watched solemnly as Rendak and Gombe pulled on eelskin shoulder satchels, took up short spears, and slipped over the side. From morning to afternoon to evening, Ivrian watched them rise near the ship's ladder, report in, and descend again. It was only when he finally got Tokello, the thick-set native healer woman, talking about the Rass family and old Leovan's dives, that things got interesting enough to break open his pouch and take notes. That elder could certainly spin a tale. Take, for example the time Leovan had discovered a ruined city ten leagues west of the Bay of Sengor, complete with chests brimming with gold, a beautiful mermaid, and a tribe of savage fish people who chased him through an underwater maze, or the time Leovan had gambled his life for the lives of his crew against a hideous storm witch, who was furious he'd drawn water from the springs of her tiny island. Even if it wasn't true— Leovan Rass was clearly the sort of man Ivrian could base stories around, a landholder who'd spurned the privilege that was his birthright for the love of adventure, surrounded by faithful friends and aided by ancient artifacts. How did he die? Ivrian asked. Tokello's smile faded. You'll have to ask his son. And just like that, the stories dried up. The big healer went aft to her tiny cabin, allegedly to pray. Rendak and Gombe resurfaced a little later and climbed aboard, ordered the ship in motion, then dropped anchor a half-hour west for a final dive. They'd only been down for a few minutes when the mist started to roll in. Fog was apparently an occasional navigational hazard in these waters, and the crew seemed untroubled by it. Tokello emerged from her cabin to pace the deck, peering into the gloom, 
but avoided Ivrian's hopeful glances. The little boat didn't have a mast heavy enough to support a crow's nest, so sailors were posted both forward and aft as lookouts. Ibrian returned to find his mother standing near the ladder, looking over the side. Though ever proper, Aldera Galanor was hardly dressed like the typical Sargavan noblewoman. Instead of a fine dress, her thin frame was clad only in loose breeches and a tailored short-sleeved shirt, only barely rendered fashionable by the blue cravat that matched her eyes. Her light chelish skin was browned from a sun her peer strove studiously to avoid with parasols and wide-brimmed hats. As she turned her head to acknowledge Ivrian, he wondered again whether the theatrical touches of black among her silver locks were entirely natural. He hoped they were. She was a handsome woman still. He'd been told